Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Norries podcast. I'm your host, James. I'm not joined by my good friend, Timmy Long. Hi, everyone. Rowan is on the deck. Say hi, Rowan. We have the Irish prison officer, press officer, Alan Armstrong. How are you, Alan? Good man. Thanks for the invitation. As you heard it, we're in the prison. We're in Cork prison. And we're with a chap from Mayo called Michael Mann. Michael, how are you? I'm good knowing ourselves. I'm great. First of all, thanks a million for agreeing to come on the podcast. That's good, thanks. This is the second time we've done one in prison. It's the first time we've done one with a male prisoner. So we were in Limerick previously with a lady and it went really well. So um, I know you're probably a bit nervous, but enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? You're the first male prisoner on the podcast, so it's great to have you. But we'll just go back, right? And just for the people that don't know, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from? Yeah, I'm Michael Mann. I'm from uh, Castlebar in County Mayo. Uh, 20 years of age. Uh, growing up, growing up in, in, in Castlebar, uh, especially when I was in school, mm. uh, primary school, it wasn't the best. You know, it wasn't the best. It was uh, a lot of uh, favouritism going on with the teachers for their own, like the travellers, like travellers didn't get the best of a time. Your traveller, Michael. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that the teachers treated you differently? 100%. Discrimination? Like? Yeah, 100%. What was it like? Like, it was embarrassing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You go into a classroom, you're expecting to, to learn things like from teachers, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. but what used to happen to me was I was just given a book and a pencil and just threw it down to the bottom of the corner of the class. Mm-hmm. And anytime I ask a question, I was just blank. And if, if, if he asked, like, if I keep asking some questions, trying to find out what's going on, I've been sent to punishment. Mm. You know, and, like, it was tough because I didn't really learn nothing. Like, I went to school for two years. Well, I'd done my primary school. I finished that. And when I was going into secondary school, I could barely read and write, like. Mm. I was going into secondary school now, like, you know. And there was... Like in secondary school, it was much the same. Yeah. Much the same in secondary school. Like, where teach, teachers were like, were provoking you, you know, like, like not, not, like, not, like, not treating you as all the rest, all the same as, as, as in the class. Like, mm. and uh, I finished first year. I was probably more wiser through my education, finishing sixth class in primary school than what I was when I finished first year in, in secondary school, mm. you know? And in second second year then, uh, 
that's when you know, downhill mm. educating for, for me in the school like or just I was in a class one day I was in metalwork it was a double class and uh, a few few uh, had a few mates in there as well like and sitting down and we're, we're making something don't know what it was again it was something I don't know but uh, anyway we're making it anyway and uh, a teacher comes around behind me and he goes he said uh, are you going to rob daddy yeah and I'm looking at him and I said, why, why would I rob, why, why would I start robbing something for And he goes, you're a fucking knacker. You're a knacker, you know? Mm. And I thought it was hearing things, you know? So I just did, didn't say nothing. Didn't say nothing. Didn't, a friend, but wasn't a traveler. And he was the far side of the class. He hears this and he, he shouts over. He said, Michael, you all right, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm grand, I'm grand. So when I was, the, the two classes finished, and uh, I was walking up, I think it was lunchtime, and we were walking up to a canteen, and the same teacher comes up behind me again, and he goes, you're not wanted in this school, you're not wanted in this school, you're a knacker, you're a knacker, you're not wanted in this school, you know? And then that had me thinking then, like, what's the fight me, what's the fight me waiting in school? Of course, you know, when, I'm go- when I have to go through all this, like, you know, so then I was walking, I was walking after the same day, and school finished. I was walking, walking home, I was just walking out the front door of school, and a young fella on a bike that was in the same class as me, you know, he then he starts it, you know, and about travellers, travellers this, and you should go back to your hardened sites and mm. go back to your caravans. And he was sitting on his bike. I just remember going over to him and just grabbing him and just pulling him off the bike. I didn't touch him. I just pulled him off the bike. Like, and I was, I was going to start, but I didn't. And then I goes home, tells my family, so I comes back into school the next morning. Oh, I didn't want to go back into school because mm. I knew what it was, what was going to happen. Like, and uh, comes back in the next morning. Principal calls me in straight away. Right, we're going to expel you. I said, for what? He said, over oh, pulling pulling a pupil off the off the bike outside the school. So I said, no problem. So he goes home, tells my mother, and. She, I told my mother everything what happened over in Carl, this, that. So I couldn't get back into that school. So then there was three more secondary schools in around that area. And I went to one to get me in into it, a different one, St. Charles it was called. And they wouldn't take me, wouldn't give me a reason. They said they wouldn't take me. Then there was one a couple of miles outside where I lived. Val, and I goes into that one, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, no problem. We'll take you. We'll, we'll, we'll give you. We'll give you like what time of day, whatever. We're coming in and like bring on a little tour before they they, they, yeah. they take you on for the school, like, and they're bringing me into classrooms and showing like, and I goes home and I said, "Yeah, yeah, lovely. I'm starting a new school. I think we're starting that Monday, and Friday comes, my mother gets a phone call, and said, "No, we can't take him into the school." He said, because something happened in his first school that we're after hearing about and we can't take a chance on him. That's where, that's when everything went downhill for me then, like, mm. and all this. Like, then, yeah. <clears throat> like, my mother, she was trying and trying and trying. Then I remember 
some lady coming down. I was getting homeschooled for a while, you know, on the site. And I was learning, but then it only lasted about, she was only there for about four or five weeks. And yeah. she said that she didn't want to come down no more because she felt intimidated by the sight. Mm. And so that was me then walking up and down the streets. Doesn't know? that um, really turn you against schools and teachers and people, in general people, you know, growing up like I would have been around travellers a lot. You know, and, you know, the way travellers say buffers. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it really turn you against a buffer? Somebody that, like that because of what, like kids, I've often said this, kids can be very, you know, they can be cruel yeah. with their wording. But a lot of kids would call you whatever, knack or whatever. They don't understand what they're even saying or how it's going to affect you. They don't understand what, what they're hearing in their own Do you own know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, they're yeah. listening to table talk yeah, at home yeah, from yeah, parents, yeah. right? But like for a teacher to say something like that inside in a school to a child, yeah. like, I actually feel sorry for that man if he's carrying on like that at the yeah. age of him, you know, because like that kind of talk to a child is, is, is disgusting. Yeah, because children, children, children are innocent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like everybody deserves an education. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you're only child and you're experiencing that. But I remember, like, where we're, me and Timmy's from, lots of travellers, where we're from, you know, we were growing up with travellers and that. But I remember travellers in the school being moved on out of the school quickly. Like, I remember a fellow in my class in primary school, he was about three years older than me. And then I remember there was another fellow in my class, about three years younger than me. And a fella came in, let's say if I was in first class, the second class, let's say, traveller comes in first, first year, first class, and then he's doing his confirmation before me. Yeah. It's like they moved the man quickly to get them out, you know? Yeah. And like we spoke with Amory Quilligan. I don't know if you've seen that. She's a traveler lady from Newcastle West. And my wife is a traveler too. So they were talking about the education. And even today, you still have like travelers on reduced timetables. So like we'll only, we'll take them, but they can only come in for an hour in the day. And then they have to be out, you know what I mean? So it's still an issue today. But it's, uh, I can hear the hearts and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I can looking at you now as, I'm thinking of you as a 12-year-old, you know, being told that by a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And I, I couldn't imagine being told that by a teacher, you know? Mm. Or even your mother, even trying to get yeah. you to a school, knowing that she oh, didn't was, want you on the street. It was tough on my mother, like, you know, she, yeah. she's in the, like, I seen her in her, like, she often go crying and everything at home. Yeah. She, she, there was nothing that she was able to do for me, yeah. even though she was trying her best yeah. to get me into the schools and up, but there was no school to take me, like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like as some as pe people like us with criminal convictions, sometimes they can follow you and stop you from getting jobs. But imagine having something like that as a child stopping you from getting an education. Yeah. It's messed yeah. up. Like just because it, you're a traveller, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it give you a messed up, you know, attitude towards anybody in authority yeah. after that. Thing. And if the teachers know it like this, well then that sets me up. The whole world is going to be like this, you know. Yeah. yeah. So you know when before we move on. What was it like at home? And have you got brothers and sisters, big family? What was that like? I have seven brothers, uh, no sisters. Uh, home was like anyone else's home, like just all there for each other, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it was just the school was the, you know, yeah. at least you had home was like, you no know, the family, yeah. the happy place, the safe place. What happened when you left school? I was about 13, 14. When I left school, nothing to do, man. Uh, 
walking up and down the streets or in the town. And before I knew it, then I was started off by breaking into cars, you know. Uh, like in smoking, started smoking hash mm. at the age of 15. I started smoking hash. Then I just met new friends. And they were taking other drugs, like coke and tablets and speed. And we just came to an age where I was always gone away all day, every day, that my parents kind of got used to me not being around that much. So then I was getting it into my head then that I could do whatever I want at the age of 16, 17, you know? Yeah. And before you know it, then I was sitting in front of stolen cars and... Uh, taking, then they started taking coke, coke. I'd often wait up for maybe a full week taking coke, like mm. not going home. Mm. It comes with that then is the life, like to be able to feed those habits then, because that, that was, I'd be very similar to yourself, to be able to feed them habits, like you have to feed them yeah. with some form of finance, like, yeah. and, and, and that always comes down to robbing. Yeah. For me, it was robbing houses, robbing shops, robbing people. It didn't matter, do you know? Well, I just needed to get stoned 24-7 yeah, to be yeah. able to focus and function in, in the world I was living in, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, that would have been the same for me as well, like, rough robbing, like, houses, robbing houses, money, jewellery, you know? Just breaking the copper yards, mm-hmm. you know? Filling vans with copper yards and taking yeah. their vans and just driving them out straight out the gates. You know? mm. This, I just wanted money, you know, I just wanted like, mm. and like, it just came, it came a time then where I was waking up at say eight, nine o'clock in the morning. And if I didn't have a giant beside me, it was a bag of bag of cork beside me, you know? And then I'd be thinking then, I'll bring this fella, I'll ring that fella. And then, just turned into robbing cars, vans, jeeps, whatever, whatnot. Like, you know, just yeah. trying to, just trying to make money, just trying to get by, like, yeah. you know, where, while, like, while other people, like non-traveling people were getting degrees and diplomas, I was going down the street robbing, like, trying to, trying to make a living while mm-hmm. they were getting a living through education. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's tough. Yeah. It was tough, like. And you know? I suppose, like, most of us things get worse and get worse until eventually you ended up in prison. Yeah. What age when you come in? I was 21, 20, 21, 19. I was 19 when it happened. Uh, drunken argument, you know, I got out of control. Uh, influenced with drugs again, coke, tablets. Uh, you ended up getting a big sentence. I got 15 years, yeah. So you're you're 28 now, and yeah, you're in yeah. since you're 19. I'm in since I'm 21. Since you're 21, 21 yeah. 19 man. when it happened. Yeah. So I don't want to know the details of the case or anything like that, but yeah. we kind of understand how you got here. Yeah. So what was it like when you came in when you were 19? I I tell you my story. I remember going into car prison across the road in the old one when I was 18, 19. Mm. Young punk, you know, with that attitude, the chip on the shoulder, was yeah, it a bit yeah. like that? Mm. Yeah, uh, coming in, cassery, <clears throat> it was pure green. Uh, didn't know what to expect. 
but I had a few cousins in there that kind of, yeah, they kind of took me under the wing and showed me the ropes a bit, you know. But uh, started a sentence. It was just like didn't want to do the school, didn't want to do nothing. It was me against them. I know that's the way I seen it at the start. Um. Then I was getting transferred from block to block over fighting and, and caught with phones and mm. then I done that for about three and a half year, four year. And then it came down here in 2016, 17, you know, 2017. And just down here for a few, about 12 months and just started getting involved in school a little bit, you know, mm. and I kind of got a liking to it, you know, because we were getting off the yard and you were getting off the landing, you know. Yeah. But then before I knew it, then, like I started getting involved in courses in the school and it just changed my mindset about like acting the man, we'd say, yeah. in, in the jail, like, you know, I just wanted to just keep my head down and just try and get on with the best way I can, like, you know, mm. instead of like fighting and blackguarding and getting transferred from black to black and it's, it's not like prison is not a nice thing to do anyway up or down like but when you're getting transferred from black to black it's this like, did you get transferred around to a few different prisons yeah i was in a uh, wefield mount jai limerick cloverhill castle was in castle was down here that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And one, just enough in the yeah. first, what, two, three years? Like, first three and a half year, four yeah. years, yeah. But like, I suppose if, if, if the, the prison system didn't keep sending you around these, this little trip, I suppose you probably wouldn't have got, say, what the, f what the fuck? Like, I need to get my shit together here. Yeah, yeah. This isn't doing me any good. Yeah, yeah. I need to, I don't want it. And, you know, sometimes we need that little, Bit of a roost to get yeah, us yeah. to a stage where listen I, I i don't want this anymore and then you got into the education and mm. you got a little bit of a taste of it and the, the exact same thing happened to me i knew i couldn't use my hands or my physicality anymore to get money or i didn't want to be drug dealing anymore to get mm. money i knew i couldn't do these things anymore so i said I'm going to seek and I educate myself. Yeah. Because education, you can make your money, you can make a few quid from being educated, you know, so, and that's the road I went and I think it's great what you're doing, yeah. you know, yeah. in school. I think as well, you know, when you're a young fella like that, um, when I think of my, my own self, I wasn't doing a big sentence, but around that, them ages, between 19 and 23, I would have been in and out a lot of small sentences. I think you just don't have the maturity, you know. I think you no, know, when you're when you're a young man before you come in, you're out, you're doing your own thing, you're taking drugs and you know going out with girls and doing all this joyriding mm. or whatever, Robin. And then you go into a prison where you're told exactly where to be in any given time. There's a lot of um, surveillance and supervision. It can be very hard to adjust to that, mm. yeah. and I think it takes a little bit of time. I think mature as well, you know what I mean? You get a little bit older, I think my own, myself, like, as I got a little bit older and I see the young fellas coming up 18, 19, when I was 24, 25, and you're looking at how they behave and you're thinking, like, fucking hell, I used to be like that, you yeah, know? Yeah, you get a little yeah. bit cringy. And then when you start to, some of the officers, then you're nearly the same age as some of the officers, you get a little bit more, I think, maturity mm -hmm. and how we develop 
is lot to play with it, you know. The testosterone levels as well, like they yeah. drop a little bit yeah, as you get yeah. old, bro. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, so Speak for yourself. Yeah, another, <laughs> yeah, well, we won't go down that route, no, James. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you know, you fuck it. Listen, all you want then after a while is just to be a piece of life. Exactly. You know? yeah. You learn you how to fight. Like. I think you learn how to do prison a little bit better. Yeah. And like, definitely. Who yeah. wants to spend their life being transferred from one prison to the other prison? So eventually you settled in Cork. What age when you come here? 2017. 2017, yeah. Uh, what was it 25? About 25, yeah. yeah. 25, Did you yeah. interact with the prison services in terms of maybe a psychologist or a counselor or anything like that? Yeah, I was, I was seeing, I was seeing psychology for a while. Uh, I've done a number of courses with them as well, like uh, mentalization courses, and then like they're very helpful to be honest. Like I was thinking now, when, like when I heard people talking about the prisoners talking about in the yard, uh, psychology this and psychology that, I was thinking like, psychology, like go away with that, you know. Mm. Like I just want to do my own thing, like you know. What I mean? mm. But when they came up and I started talking to them, and I knew what they were about. Psychology, it does help psychology, like, you know, yeah. it really does help us change, change me. To help you, know. you with like aggression and anger yeah, and stuff definitely, like that. Man. Definitely, 100%. Like, mm. so thinking before you kind of make a, a, like, think before you kind of react kind of thing, like, yeah. you know. And I never, I was never able to do that, like, mm. think, sit back for a second, think about it. I was just, something happened, bang. Yeah. You know, I was, I was reacting on it straight away. But now, like I'm able to sit back now and just think everything over and just mm. try and talk talk everything through. Like yeah, you know? there's something as well in uh, that I found difficult in treatment centres, you know, because you come into addiction treatment centre with this all street mentality, you know. But control and your aggression can be hard if you've never done it. Yeah. But like, if you want to have a good life and get on in your life, you have to be able to create that space between. Yeah. Right, he's being disrespectful to me here now, but if I go over and get stuck, then I'm going to get fired. Yeah. And if I'm going to keep getting fired, what kind of a life am I going to have? The doll and shitty flats and all these things. But that ability to just be annoyed with somebody and have a little bit of space between it and then react properly. Yeah. I, mean, I feel you're being disrespectful towards me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Calm down this small bit rather than trying to dig. That make your life so much easier. Because you know? yeah, when you're reacting, then you're, you might get retaliation. You might be looking over your shoulder. It takes yeah. all that out of your life, you know? Mm. Definitely, man. Yeah. And you know, when you said you started out in the education, what kind of courses were you doing at the start? <clears throat> the start, the first one I done was anger management course. That went on for ten weeks. I finished that. Then I got into CIT courses, where every week someone would come in from CIT in the outside and yeah, they talk it through about like. Could be an entrepreneur coming in this week and he'll talk you through business and mm. you now for setting up life when you get out, like how, what do you want to get into? And someone yeah. will come in and talk about sports, you know, done that. Uh, then wanted to like do the Red Cross. I started Red Cross, I'm involved in the Red Cross now about three years. Mm. What's that like? What's what do you do with them? It's a good course. <clears throat> um, you're trying to make the prison a safer environment, like, you know, mm. a better environment. You're going around, you're spreading awareness about mental health. Uh, you're having open days in, in school and like, 
you're, you're take, taking people's blood pressure and you're checking their blood pressure and their BMI and you're making posters and cell drops about like mental health, yeah, you know, and about the dangers of drugs, dangers, the difference between uppers and downers, and yeah, we learned. I got a certificate of uh, first aid and CPR. We learned to do a CPR course that was through the Red Cross as well, mm. and it was very really, enjoyed it. Like you know, I enjoyed it. I went on for like yeah. eight months or something. Enjoyed it, you know. Do you know you said something there? I think is very important as well, right? Um, the cell drops is that just dropping into your cell and having a chat or something? Or is this, yeah, yeah, we do that. But as well, yeah. The other thing you spoke about, um, the effects of uppers and downers, yeah. Do you know when someone comes into prison? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And they may be doing a six-month sentence or a 12-month sentence and they're off everything. Yeah. And they'll go back out and they'll use heroin or crack or whatever, or tablets, the exact same as the, the moment they came in. And they overdose. A lot of people, the amount of people that die, like prisoners yeah. that That's die. Tolerance, tolerance yeah. is down low. Do you talk about that in the Red Cross? Do you talk yeah. with lads about be careful enough you're going back out using... Mm. Because if you go hit the fucking hit it hard again, yeah. you might croak it because your body mightn't be able to tolerate the amounts of drugs that you had when you that you were taking when you came in. Yeah, you know? I'll be a facilitator on the Red Cross now, like, and uh, that was one of the courses that myself and another prisoner ran with prisoners in the jail, and it was overdose prevention. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just more or less about getting out when you have a low tolerance. Like just about using, like you just don't use the same amount as you are before you came in because you're, yeah. your tolerance been down. If you do want to use, like have someone with you, yeah, you know. So if something does happen to you, that they can help. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And also, it does I, happen a lot. But yeah. I, I don't know if I said it before, but I remember getting out in TR one day and going out and overdosing and being back in the next day because obviously when I went to sign on, I was out of my head still, you know, and coming back in mm. and all the boys thought I was after bringing in a load of knock yeah. because I was stoned on my head for three or four days right not <laughs> I was just <laughs> no overdose and tablets would be goose for the day like for, for a few days 
But 24 hours I was out. But I was lucky because I, I didn't die. Yeah. But I know people that did die. Mm. You know, so yeah. it's something that it's you're you're right to bring it up, and it's great that you're actually addressing it. Yeah. So you know when you say you facilitate, you like do groups with prisoners and stuff. Yeah, groups of prisoners. Yeah. Like anyone who wants to join the Red Cross, like they're, they're, they're welcome to join it. Like non. You'll have to like some myself a facilitator now. It'll come in and help help with the because I'll have more experience with the yeah. new fellas coming yeah. in and I'll be able to show them a few bits and pieces that I learned when I was yeah. starting off as well like and it's just like you found find it good yeah I involved in the travel mediation service I am yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about that what it is first of all and what you're doing it uh, this travel mediation uh, group is a it's a course that we've done in here is about um, helping like to resolve a conflict yeah. before before it actually becomes physical, mm. you know. And it's a course that we've done in here. Who was it again came in there? Frank, it's Frank, uh, yeah, yeah. And they, Chris. Yeah, them two came in. They don't know what I think it was on it for 12 weeks or something. And they're trying, they're, they train you like to, to talk to one side, talk to the other side, but to be non-judgmental and don't take sides like, you know. Mm. And... Uh, it actually works because I've tried it out here and there a few times and when there was conflict right to kick off in there and it was solved like. James, you, you made a very fair point last time we were talking about this, you know, the mediation between travellers, right? Um, and the actual, like, it, there's so much behind it, right? You speak, you spoke about, um, you know, the women, the fear that these kind of, yeah. These these fights cause within within families, especially when they're young kids and and the, yeah. the, the women outside the women like you yeah. would have you would have two fellas involved in a fight, yeah. but then you have two sites yeah. or two states, then everybody's on edge, mm. everybody's paranoid. You can't go to the shops or yeah. like it's what what's a small fight turns into a big fucking yeah. a big yeah. thing. Nobody wants it. Everybody's afraid. The mental health is gone. Then people then use drugs because they're so mm. paranoid, you know. So the fact that you're kind of yeah. trying to nip it in the bud, yeah, it saves so much hardship down the line. Mm. And, and you, you see, it's working here. Yeah, and the lads, yeah. yeah, they're doing fantastic work, Frank and yeah. Chris. Yeah. So do you know when you're engaging with travellers in here, is it hard to get them to buy into it at the start? Or? Yeah, it was like because. I know, like I think among travellers, man, it's just, it's just pride, no? Yeah, pride. Mm. And it's just I'm better than him. I'm not going to give in to him and stubbornness and like. But when you break it down to them, like what the consequences can be in here, like they kind of get get the, the like the gist of it. In like you know, look, look, we're just better off shaking hands, you know, just squash it because yeah. if now we're going to put on the bus, we're going to be hanging out, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what you have to do there is find the resolution. Where nobody feels like that they've given up. Yeah. That, like nobody's won and nobody's lost. Or, you know, it's quits. Even, even because even. then there's nobody's pride and reputation because it's a big thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not to be bettered by anybody else. So, like, I'd say it's not easy. But if you can do it, fair play. Yeah. It's also, and pr prison is a fantastic place as well for anybody to get educated. You know, not just no, like not just travellers. Everybody, because I when I came in, as I said earlier, I wasn't educated. But when I was in the prisons, uh, when I was in the Midlands, and in the classes, there was an awful lot of travellers, and they were in there, and, and they were actually, it was like they were just learning to read and write at 
at whatever age they were at at that point because of whatever went on in school or whatever as you spoke yeah. well ago and it was actually a great thing to, to see that not for just them but also for me to know that we were at the same level and we were kind of going through it together you yeah. know um, it's a great opportunity for, yeah. for people to come in here and look at their lives and, and just say, right, I want to educate myself. I want to learn to read. I yeah, want to learn yeah. to write. It's the basic things, really. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've seen a lot of that in the myself, like with travelers. Yeah. They just, just still are doing it, like in the, in, this, in the English classes and learn to read and write. I was, I was doing it myself when I first came in, I could barely read and write myself. Like, yeah. Even to fill out, and like, I'm, I'm sure, did you ever fill out an application for anything before you never, came in here? Never Me neither. Yeah. I never filled out nothing. But when you go over there, you'll be able to fill out an application for medical card if you want one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a form for the college if you want to go to the CIT as Susie granting. No, I had to get a bit of help with that even when I got out. But you'll be able to do all these things yeah, yeah. because you're after educating yourself in here. And some of the most important things that you need for... I didn't even know what a PPS number was, straight up. <laughs> I did not know what it was like when I came in before I came into prison. You know, I hadn't a clue because I really didn't, didn't care. I just floored through life. But you'll be able to do all these things when you grow the air and you know I mean? And it allows you to be independent. Yeah. There's pride in that for, for you and to be able to say, yeah, I'll fill that out for you, for a cousin, if he wants yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, of course. Give it to me here and I'll help you out. That's great. Like, And you'll be able to look back at your own your sentence and say, do you know what? It was, that was probably the best thing I ever done was get educated. Yeah. Uh, I know, I knew the jolly even sort. I did believe in certain hours, but then I passed uh, English and maths on two subjects. Congratulations. Not, not easy, not no. easy either. <laughs> no, especially over the COVID as well. You see, the school was closed over the COVID, so I had to get the homework sent over to the, to the cell. I had to study everything in the cell without a teacher. And yeah, passed it anyway. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. And you know, when you left school, as you said earlier on, your problems were reading and writing. So but, you know, when you come back into prison, uh, it's your first time in prison yeah. so when you come into prison did you have to kind of learn to brush up on the reading and writing first yeah and yeah, then kind of work your yeah, way up yeah yeah but the teachers the teachers in the school are very very good like you know yeah. very very good fair play to them like, you know, like they'll help you whatever they listen to you anyway for starters like you know not like the teachers I had when I was growing up as a child they'll listen to you and they will help you they'll, yeah. they'll even go out of the way to help you like you know yeah. and like it was a big part of them by doing the leaving search, you know. Mm-hmm. They kind of pushed me into doing it. Yeah. Right. Like over the education, over the things I went through when I was a child growing up in school, that knocked my confidence yeah. of going for something like mm-hmm. leaving search. Yeah. You know, because I uh, when I came into jail, I was thinking school. And then it was straight away I had in my head mm-hmm. teachers in my, in, in my school on the outside. Are they the same? Are they not? You know, that was like my confidence was kind of mm-hmm. down. When I started getting talking to teachers, we really, really are sound like, and yeah, yeah, no. but but like, you know, what we bet. need, yeah, it, 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 we, go on, go on. I, I was going to say, like, my experience was the same with teachers. What we need are teachers like that in normal schools, yeah. Yeah. teachers who, who have been educated about trauma, about mm. difficulties, learning difficulties that we'll, we'll have, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm dyslexic, dyslexic as, as well. Um, and, but I didn't know that growing up as a young child. Yeah, I got yeah. that assessment in third level education by an educational psychologist and they told me I was dyslexic, you know. But I went through my whole life not knowing that and thinking that I couldn't read because I was stupid, because I was thick, because I wasn't able, you know, all these different things. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't because of any of these things. It was because I had learning 
difficulty, which was dyslexia. He learned completely differently to everybody else, you know. Yeah. Um, and 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 there's probably another. I don't know how many prisoners in here, but I'd say there's a massive percentage of prisoners in here with dyslexic yeah, who are dyslexic yeah. as well, and it's undiagnosed, you know, and maybe ADHD un- undiagnosed and yeah. things like that, yeah. you know. And 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 I'd always say to anybody to get to know yourself a little bit better, find out if you are dyslexic, and and it takes away that kind of stigma that you have on yourself, then yeah. that critic that there's something wrong with you, you're stupid or you're thick. When you find out you're dyslexic and you you understand what it is to be dyslexic, the pressure comes off. Then yeah, you say, you know yeah, what? That's yeah. okay. I have a learning difference to everybody else. Yeah, you know. Even like like yourselves know, I didn't have a great experience in school either. And when I was going, when I come into recovery, I was thinking about education, and like I was thinking, oh, I I when I finished school, I said education is school is not for me, and I would never go back there. Yeah. But when you go back as an adult, it's a lot different. And I think there's something we do in adult education in colleges or level three, fours and fives, whatever, through the ETBs. There's something we do there that's better than school in, as a child, you know. I think yeah. when you go back to school as an adult, first of all, you don't have to be there if you don't want that. Because you're an adult, if you don't want to do the course, you don't have to do the course, you know. Mm. So yeah, I always have that option. But I think learning as an adult, it's more fun. It's the teachers are better. It's a better relationship. It's a better dynamic. So I think, like, if anybody's watching and they had bad experiences in school and they think that that's it, education is not for them, don't be so quick to close it off because you might love it and start with a taster course, you know, the basic course, and you might work your way up and to a leaving search, you know, and you could even go beyond that. There's no reason you can't go to college and then come back and help others, you know. Um, So you got an award recently. Yeah. the President's Award, the Gashgada College, yeah. That's huge. Yeah, my dad took me three years three year to complete it. There's three different levels to it. You have the bronze, silver, and then you have gold. Uh, I, I, got, I learned about the Gashgada to go to the Red Cross again, like, uh, I think it was Governor O'Brien came in, we had a, a Red Cross, we were doing the Red Cross, and it's part of the Red Cross. I think it's once a month, you get meetings, you have meetings, we say, with the Governor and Chiefs, this week and then the following, the following month and it might be having a meeting with the medics and then the following month it could be psychology. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about things within the prison trying to make it a safer place like and I think it was Governor Brian comes in one, one morning and we're chatting away and he mentions a gasket to me and I was saying yeah yeah I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind doing that. My brother was here at the time and he started with me as well and we started like fair play to Governor Ryan, he's very he was very good to me as well. Like you know, mm. like he gave me he gave me chances as well. Like, and we started, but I finished the bronze, and my brother finished it as well. The two was finished it together, and he he gets a lock and house. He goes up to an open prison, and then I just started. I think the bronze went down for just thirteen weeks or sixteen weeks or something, and you have to do three three uh, activities for the for the thirteen weeks or sixteen weeks. You have to do a physical physical activity. That could be for the gym. You might do yeah. the gym once a week. Then you have to do the community. I've done the Red Cross for the community. And for the personal, it was a job I had at the time. I was working in the hurley shop where we learned to fix hurleys and yeah. making benches and all that kind of crack. And we finished that. We got a medal, got the bronze medal. And I went on to the silver. 
I think that goes on for 26 weeks of silver then. And uh, for the community, for the silver, I joined the, the Samaritans, the listeners. Mm. And I was getting assigned by them every every week. They were coming in every Sunday. And for the physical, I stayed away, away at the gym, like, and we'd, we'd, like, you have to do, like, a team, a teamwork activity as well, you know, to come into the end of, the end of each course, you have to do, like, a teamwork activity. Yeah. And for the silver, the silver one, I, um, I organized a, a fundraiser for penny dinners. Brilliant. And uh, I got one euro off each prisoner in the prisons, and that came up to 300 euro, and then. Governor O'Brien said to me that he'd double it, he'd throw another 300 euro to it. Yeah. And I sent it out to uh, Catherine Tomey or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she was on the podcast before. Yeah, and uh, that was done anyway. And like, swear at the gym. And for the, pers- for the personal one, it was, what well, was it? I think I was trying to become a, a COVID cleaner or something. Yeah, I trying to become a COVID cleaner in, in the, the prison. Cause I was clean, clean. I was cleaning the yards at the time. It was as a job, like you know. And uh, for the gold one, then that goes on for a full year. And I was, I was doing the, I done my leaving cert. For the gold one. For the for the personal, and I was still yeah. I was still was involved with the Red Cross and the Samaritans, and I was in the gym, and it was a. Uh, for the personal one then. It was kind of, kind of had to chop and change with it because school was closed. So mm. I couldn't come up to the school the whole time and stick at something in the school. So I could be stood, I might have to study something for six weeks and then change something else and do something else. And, you know, there was, there was a, lot, a, lot, a lot of hard work on it. But, uh, it paid off anyway, like, you know, you got, the, got the gold medal. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. It's great, or three years work and not to finally get the achievement at the end yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. What about the, how do you feel about that? Like, does, is it just like this? I'm speaking out from my own experience. Can you accept that as a really good achievement? Are you, do, you, are you, do you feel proud of yourself, basically? Of course I am, man. 100% uh, you should be. That was like, the biggest that's, thing I've ever done in my life. It's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, uh, when I completed my, my, um, my degree, uh, we had no graduation because it was done during COVID and there was something like a five second clip where they called my name out on on online and on, on the internet. And I sat there by and I just got this real strong sense of achievement. And I was very, very proud of myself. And, yeah. and I looked at my wife's face, you know, and, and 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 I could see it was a little bit teary. She got emotional. And I got a little bit emotional as well, like because when I look back when I walked in the, the, the door of the prison, like I I could not read or write. Do you know, to, to anybody else's level, I didn't know the, the, the alphabet. I didn't know the months of the year. Yeah. You know, I never filled out an application in my life. Mm. You know, there's a great sense of achievement for, like, I, I'm sitting here now and I'm, I admire it because, like, yeah. I know how difficult it is to sit inside in a cell and to study. It's not yeah, easy, yeah. like. It's a lot of hard work on it, like. You know, especially I, with COVID as yeah. well, like. Yeah. So the school I mean, closed and all, you know, like, the, it'd be very easy to say, fuck this. Yeah. I'm not doing this, but you drove on with it. You mentioned something there about the listeners. Yeah. Now, uh, the lady we spoke to in Nimmer Prison told us a little bit about the listener. Would you want to tell us a little bit about what your role in, in it in Cork is? I'd be a facilitator as well, and in the listeners as well. And uh, it's just 
like people having bad days, like people feeling under the weather, like feeling down and out, depressed, suicidal, they'll ask for a listener, we'll go down to them, but we can't give them advice. It's just listening. Yeah. It's like Samaritans inside here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, we're trying to cheer them up, mm. you know, like started the COVID there, like we got a lot of calls. I know, like cars now, like we could be walking down the land. I like we have jackets in here, red jackets with our names on. It says "Listen" on the back of them, like yeah. And on your day, you'll throw it on. Day you're on duty, you'll throw it on, like. And I often throw it on, and fellas, like fellas, you wouldn't even be thinking mm. that. Oh, you think to yourself, like he's all right. That fellas sound, he's fellas, no worries. And they come up to me, and like. The stuff that they talk about, like you're just saying, where is this coming from? Like, because when I look at you, like you wouldn't you think there's nothing wrong there at all? Like, mm-hmm. no, the background and growing up, mm-hmm. stuff that's been happening to them, like you know, sensitive information, yeah, like yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, big time, yeah, you know, and like it's very personal, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, how do you cope with a lot of that information? Then you know, because like if someone's talking to you about something. Right, and then that day, because when you're in prison, you haven't got the crutch of alcohol and drugs to block out all the trauma yeah, anymore, yeah. or whatever may have happened in your life, or whatever you drank and drugged on, and you're left with it in here because there's no drugs in here to use or whatever else. Yeah. And like to be a listener, then like when a lot of people do think about killing themselves in prison, yeah. you know, and it's, that's the reality of it, you know. And I know I did. Yeah. Probably every day for a long time. But like for like yourselves, no, who's a listener and, and, and somebody's opening up really like it, you have to be really trusted to be a listener by by the prison system. Yeah. Do you know what to be a, because they know that you're not gonna go outside of that cell and start talking about whatever your man told yeah, you, you yeah. know. That's a big responsibility for you. And it also must be a lot to be able to take in whatever they tell you and be able to deal with it. So you know. Yeah, it is like some cards are like a very, very very tough like yeah. I got caught there and I went, I'd be smashed for a week in the cell yeah. you know I wouldn't like I would keep thinking it was dragging me down yeah. but we we like the other, the other smart listeners in there as well like if we're feeling down mm-hmm. about something that we heard or a call that we got we can go to them yeah. and have a chat with them about it yeah. so that's taking that off, off most of it yeah. off our chest as well like you know so yeah. it's not too bad like you know that's good. That's it's good. great though that yeah. you're there and you can help people through yeah. tough times in their lives, knowing that you're seeing somebody that, that's respected in the prison. You know, yeah. a few hundred men, but you're the one that they'll come to because they trust you, that you're not going to open your mouth, that there'll be no judgment. So it's great to mm. be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. You have a few years left, haven't you? I've done five years left, yeah. Yeah. What's the what's the plan for you? Have you any plan like for what would you love to do when you get out? Have you any like a job you'd like to do or like to be married and kids and stuff? I want to want to get married and settle settle down, like have have my own family. Uh, like I got locked up when I was a child. I'm getting out as a man, like you know. Mm. Uh, I'm just gonna move over to the UK. I'd say. Yeah. I'm gonna settle down over there and have my family over there. Yeah. You know, because like. What I was going to say is just keep educating yourself and open up more opportunities, more doors. Yeah. Um, you know, and but, you know, the education courses you do, the community stuff you do, 
prepared to pay a mentoring, the, the mediation, all that. If if you really like that, maybe there's a job in it for you. Mm. Maybe yeah, you, yeah. maybe you do like a community development, you community social care, some sort of a degree when you get out, because. If you're enjoying it here, you could actually do that as you're living. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if you're yeah. good at it and you enjoy it, that could be a pathway of fire when you get out, you know? You could even start the course when you're inside to some open university courses, stuff like that. You've got your whole life ahead of you as well, do you know? Yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Um, and I come into recovery, do you know, um, when I was your age, 28 actually, but it wasn't until I was kind of in my early 30s that I kind of, uh, was in a position where I was mature enough to, you know, be able to get a job and all these things like so. Long time in prison, but you've a long time out of it as well. Yeah, know? yeah, of course. And yeah. you'll go on and do good things, and it'd be great to see you when you get out. And um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Thank you for coming Is there anything in. you want to say? Dad, family, you want to say hello? Or maybe yeah. other travellers that's yeah. watching, maybe that's caught up in the madness, yeah. you know. I just like any travellers watching like just that thinks that education is is, is, is like is not for them. Try it because I I I taught the same like you know of the experience I had growing up in school. Mm. Uh, try it and like it, it'll stand to you. You know, just yeah. get up to the school and do something. You know, yeah. get involved in courses. Mm. Do do something with your with your time like you know. Yeah, it's but it'll be well worth it at the end of it like you know. Yeah, yeah. wise words. And uh, no, just keep going from strength to strength, Michael. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Like I'm looking at you there, like you seem very, very, very relaxed. Like in mm. the fidgetiness of the young players gone over there. You yeah, know? thank God. Uh, <laughs> but you seem grand and relaxed and calm, you know. And it seems like you're after growing emotionally and yeah. physically, because you're a big lad as well. Like so, I just want to wish you all the best, but I'm fucking. I mean that sincerely. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Best of luck and thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me to do it. Yeah. And thanks for uh, Pete or, or Governor O'Brien for the invitation and for the Irish Prison Service for mm. facilitating us again. And uh, see everybody next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.